settle down now and get comfy. You're about to sleep with a celebrity. Let your weary mind be free. It's someone kind of famous who you can't see. It's time for sleeping with celebrity. Hello, sleepyheads, and welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. I'm John Moe. I'm glad you're here. On this audio program, we invite our guests to step out of the limelight and step into the nightlight. On this show, for one bedtime, we don't want them to bring their A-game, but rather their Z-game. It is a podcast where you can sleep, You can simply relax. You can take a break from stress and intensity. Just ahead, we'll be sleeping with John Luke Roberts. He's going to talk with me about pigeons. But before all that, I invite you to settle in and get comfortable while I tell you about another program on the Maximum Fun Network. Sleepyheads, I wish to tell you about another podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. It is called Sound Heap. It is hosted by John Luke Roberts. It is a podcast that already existed, but now it is part of Maximum Fun. John Luke plays the CEO of the Sound Heap Network, which was founded with one mission make too many podcasts. Each episode is composed of clips from fake shows such as Describing Pretzels to Peter Who Has Never Seen a Pretzel and Imagining Things Were Different Sizes and The Moon, Good or Bad, the hilarious award-winning British comedy podcast returns for its second season on February 19th. But you can listen to all of season one right now. Subscribe to Sound Heap with John Luke Roberts wherever you get your podcasts or listen at MaximumFun.org. And now for our guest, John Luke Roberts. He's a comedian, writer, and actor. He has created 10 solo shows for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, acted in the Amelia Clark film Last Christmas, and co-created the UK TV gold program, Bull. He has written for the Maximum Fun podcast, Troubled Waters, and has a new podcast joining the Max Fun Network called Sound Heap, arriving February 15th. John Luke studied under French master clown Philippe Gaulier, and believe it or not, he is British. Welcome, John Luke. Thank you so much um, for having me. You know, I like to start off these bedtime conversations with a question or two about sleep. Do you recall the best night of sleep you've ever had? Mm. Best night of sleep I ever had. Not specifically. I feel like um, when I sleep really well, I forget all about it. And that's sort of the essence of the good night's sleep. The nights I remember are the ones where I toss and I turn and I, you know, wake up at 2 a.m. and can't get back to sleep for a while. 
Are you a regular tosser-turner, or do you sleep pretty well? I'm going through a, a phase of tossing and turning at the moment, mm. but they come in sort of little little humps and then disappear. And then when I'm, when I'm sleeping well, I forget all about it, and I feel like I sleep well all the time. Mm. Do you do anything to address the, the tossy-turny bits? Yep. I, um, I make a point of reading outside of the bedroom before I go in. I have a spiky mat. Um, mm. like with lots of little, uh, spikes, you know, there's no better way of putting it. Um, and I lie on that and then spend about 15 minutes on that and then take it away. And, and I don't know wh why or how, but there must be some science behind it or I've just got used to using it. But, but the relief of not lying on a spiky mat then means you sleep pretty well. Right. It's like punching yourself because it feels so good when you stop. Yep, absolutely. But punching yourself hundreds of times with tiny, tiny little spiky fists. Right, right. Do you always sleep in the same position? Um, more or less, yes. I think on the left side, um, semi-fetal, not full fetal, sort of halfway there. Mm, okay. Well, let's talk about pigeons. And you, you mentioned that you were interested in the representation of pigeons in human art and memes, and mm. what this tells us about ourselves. Mm. That's, that's right. What interested yeah. you in this topic? Well, I was on holiday. I was away from London for about a week, in fact, in the Smoky Mountains, um, and I forgot to close my window before I left. And I returned to find about four pigeons nesting in my flat, which oh. is a sort of third floor flat in reasonably central London. Um, and I was pretty annoyed about this. Mm -hmm. um, and I sort of chased them out angrily. Uh, and then the next few days, occasionally I'd be looking out the window and would see a pigeon flying directly at the window as if to come in and then suddenly notice at the last moment that I was inside with a look of real surprise on its face and, and fly away. And, you know, I was cleaning up pigeon droppings for the next... Um, next few weeks but then I was watching it was either Home Alone 2 or Mary Poppins with the pigeon lady uh, obviously that's a say a strong sure uh, archetype feed the birds tuppence a bag absolutely feed the birds tuppence a bag in um, in Mary Poppins uh, and, and and the pigeon lady in Home Alone 2 doesn't have a song but she, she fulfills a very similar role. But, but uh, I mean, I'll get to that in a moment. I, I, was, I was watching it and I thought, I started to think about how we were representing pigeons in human art. And I started to feel a little guilty about how I had reacted to pigeons simply occupying space that was available to them. And about the same time, I came across this fact, which I, I think, yeah, which I have verified. But between 5,000 and 10,000 years ago, we we domesticated pigeons um, and then we decided we didn't want them domesticated anymore and we um, undomesticated pigeons and so these pigeons now the feral pigeons the ones you generally see in the street not the wood pigeons have lost they don't know how to function without people but we don't help them anymore so we've sort of taken them in made them need us and then thrown them out you know, almost as if we're, we're lovers who've treated them badly. We've broken their little pigeon hearts. 
we've broken their pigeon hearts and they um they became codependent or codependent on us and now and that seems i realize this is quite cruel you know you see the you see in their behavior the way they flock to representations of human um figures in statues yes. you know they 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 go to them because those are the only people who don't shoo them away and they're trying to find i, I believe their lost relationship um, so if they gather on a statue of winston churchill or mm -hmm. admiral nelson absolutely they're, they're pining they're pining, yeah, they're for pining human companionship companionship intimacy um yeah do you think they did anything to deserve undomestication? I must say I haven't really looked into it, but it's hard to hard to know what would befit such a cruel uh, punishment. Yes, yes. So, how has this affected your your image of pigeons when you see them in popular culture? I've just started noticing it more or rather i've started to notice when we do represent pigeons in 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 our art um in in memes and the rest of it because most of the time the artists don't seem to think about the pigeons much it's very rare you'll get a pigeon in a protagonist role they're very rarely the focus of the work they're sort of incidental and that i think speaks quite a lot by itself that we we don't think about pigeons but nevertheless i think the way we end up representing pigeons reveals maybe what we unconsciously think about them you know it, it reveals more than we think we're letting on mm, how so well let's take the pigeon lady for example um the pigeons in home alone 2 you, you know kevin McAllister, who's been abandoned again in new lost york, in new york through, yeah yeah through a, 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 a mix up with the tickets well he finds the pigeon lady played by um i can check the name I've forgotten her name, but very good uh, actor. Um, and she is scary to him. She's a societal outcast. And that's represented because she is surrounded by pigeons and she's feeding pigeons all the time. But the pigeons mark her out as someone to be feared. Now, obviously, the journey that Kevin goes on with her is to discover that she's not to be feared and she actually helps save him towards the end, uh, fulfilling the role fulfilled by the, the neighbor in the first movie. Um, and we learn that we were wrong to believe that she was bad just because of appearances. But the pigeons are never redeemed. They don't get the same plot arc as she does. We don't, uh, we don't rehabilitate the pigeons. We simply ignore them. And then almost to rub salt into the wound, she gifts him a bird, a little ornament of a bird uh, from a Christmas tree. But it's not a pigeon. It's a turtle dove could very easily have been a pigeon and obviously pigeons are stone doves they're in the family but it's a different type it's a different branch and that i think at best is an oversight and at worst is 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 willful uh, besmirching of, of the pigeon's name i often and it's it's uh brenda fricker was the brenda actress. fricker that's right yes brenda fricker. was uh, known for my left foot with daniel day lewis um is how much of a difference is there between the dove and the pigeon besides marketing mm, mm. well i'm not a scientist right. um, so i can't i can't speak to that it's the culture i'm particularly interested in what i do see 
uh, I live very close to Greenwich Park. Um, and in the park, you see a lot of wood pigeons. And outside the park, you see a lot of feral pigeons. Um, and the wood pigeons are very plump, very well um, groomed, very healthy. And the feral pigeons obviously often got gnarled feet from, um, I think, standing in their excrement all the time. And, uh, and they're fairly, they're seen as dirty. The difference between these pigeons is, is extraordinary. And I don't really understand why it is, because there's no physical barrier to the feral pigeons entering the park but there seems to be a real class divide as if it was a gated community. And the, 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 you know, the, the healthy wood pigeons on one side of the wall and the feral pigeons on the other. But again, I, I don't really understand the science of it. I don't, I, I mean, in popular culture, you know, doves, they're bright white, they're seen as symbols of peace. Um, stone doves, pigeons aren't afforded any, in fact, I don't know that they represent they're not a shorthand simply for anything at all. Okay. Do you interact with pigeons that you come across? I have taken to occasionally, um, you know, as I'm reading or watching uh, books or films, I, I, I try and make a note whenever pigeons crop up. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to include pigeons in that conversation, in, in, in that data collection. We... Um, We've been talking about them behind their backs. And mm. so I, I, I take my notebook um, to the pigeons and I, I will tell them what we've been saying. And obviously, they, I don't think they understand English, but the only way to get them to the point where they do is to persist so that mm. they, they maybe pick it up. And I, I will say, you know, I, I, they, they, they don't run away from me as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't blame them for running away. You know, they're, they're, they have a lot of trauma to process. Um, sure. And it's not their place to make me feel better about how humans have behaved towards them. We've talked about the pigeon lady. Have you ever been tempted to become a pigeon man or a pigeonman? A pigeonman. Um, yes, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure it's tempted is the word, but I, I am sort of aware that I might be on that path. Hmm. Um, we don't. Well, this is another thing. We don't really know the backstory of Brenda Fricker's character in Home Alone 2. We don't really know the backstory of the pigeon lady or the bird woman, I think she's called, in Mary Poppins. Um, but they got there somehow. Uh, and I think it may, may well have been through a similar journey of compassion as the one I'm going on. I mean, they both are. They are marked as compassionate people, partly by their caring for the birds, mm. which is, I think, interesting, but patronizing too. The birds, of course, and I need to be careful not to patronize pigeons myself. Right. I'm trying to remember the the bird lady in Mary Poppins beyond beyond the the song that she sings. Mm-hmm. What what was her function in the story so, of that movie? I, I believe, and I might I, I think I've got this right that there's slightly different functions in the stage play, which was of course written in the early noughties or the late noughties, um, and the original movie. The 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 Banks children or certainly Michael Banks is slightly scared of her in the stage play and runs away. But I actually, I don't believe that's in the original film. I think that's borrowed in a roundabout way from Home Alone 2. In the original film, Michael lets his father down by not investing his coin in the bank, but giving it to the the bird woman to feed the birds with. So, and this is marked out as, as, as a good deed on his part, an act of charity. And so 
the uh, the act of feeding the birds is an act of charity there. So pigeons are shown in a more positive light in Mary Poppins than we get 30 years later in Home Alone 2. But as I say, it is quite um, uh, patronising to the pigeons. Yes. Hmm. Later um, in Venice, there was a Coca-Cola advertisement made in, in the big square in, in, in Venice where they, they wrote out the words Coca-Cola with pigeon seed um, oh. so that the pigeons would then make the word Coca-Cola themselves because they're eating this and there's so many pigeons, which obviously is an act of charity, but much like the way our data nowadays is used by the conglomerations and the, the corporations, um, it was at a cost. You know, the, the Coca-Cola were getting far more out of that than the pigeons, and the pigeons were being undervalued. The pigeons were being exploited. Mm-hmm. Do you think we can extrapolate larger meanings about the human condition and society itself by our treatment of the pigeons? I think there's a, a very much a... Uh, yes, uh, is the short answer, but I'm still collecting the data to work out quite what it is. I have various different theories i the way that we make our narrative art certainly where you know uh, and, and this is not just screenwriting but everything really ends up with well who's the protagonist you look for the individual at the you know the hero figure and then everyone else is there just to fill in the roles around their particular psychological journey and this is to use story for us to learn things about the world and and so on and so forth but the pigeons always falling into the background i think we as humans there's this duality where we hope to be playing the protagonist and actually theory of mind means we have to understand that everyone else is a protagonist as well and that the way we treat the characters and the edges of art um, is maybe reflects more on what we think of ourselves than on the ones we give the focus to we're all worried we're going to be the attendant lord Uh, Mm -hmm. we're all worried we're going to be the the pigeon really so I, i think in a roundabout way um, pigeons and the way we talk about pigeons and the way we treat pigeons as we sort of dismiss that it, 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 it's sort of low self-image on our part sort of low self-esteem and that generally um, were we to start I mean, and this is really it's the carelessness it's the thoughtlessness with which we talk about pigeons which I think is the issue that, that we draw about pigeons paint about pigeons and the rest of it um, if we were to just give it some thought uh, we could get somewhere if we were actually think well and, and that's what I'm hoping to do by my uh, studies is mm-hmm. to learn enough about pigeons to make people think oh I'm interested then in how we talk about pigeons and I, I, I'm interested in changing this and um, yeah that, 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 that that's sort of where I am and I think actually the internet which of course has a sort of speedier rhythm um, mm-hmm. in terms of creating language in terms of creating culture I think the internet is already going quite a long way in recentering uh, pigeons. The the memes that are currently being produced, I think, are more um, gracious to pigeons and more understanding of pigeons than than a lot of what we've come up with in the last few thousand years. What memes do you mean? Well, I've got a I have a folder on my phone. Oh. I'll just, um, I can yeah. I'll, I'll describe some memes to yes, you. Yes, please. There's one here. Um, there's a pigeon on a sofa. Um, holding in its beak uh, sort of a computer printout of a picture of a pigeon uh, with the words be nice to pigeons on it. Right. Now that's that's a positive, uh, obviously, uh, instruction. 
Uh, and the pigeon is centered in the image. It's very much the protagonist of the thing. Yes, we're laughing um, because this seems unusual uh, and, uh, and slightly absurd that a pigeon should be at the center of the piece, but still there's a kindness to it. And the pigeon is given agency um, and has the ability to, uh, we've afforded the pigeon the, the ability to, to, to make its own story, as well as the, like, the simple message of be nice to pigeons. And, and that it's been allowed indoors into a human residence. It absolutely has been. So, it, I mean, there's, there's even the hint of, of re-domestication. Right. You know, um, which then leads to other questions of sort of cycles of abuse. But I, I, I think, no, let's take this, what it is on the surface as a, as a positive, you know, step in the right direction, a, a healing of, of wounds. Sure. But maybe I mean I'll just open some of these at random. It's hard to. Oh, there's one. Um, the this is by a Twitter user called at Hinionge, um, and it's uh, the it's a picture of a pigeon um, on a streetlight, but a streetlight built into the pavement, so it's being illuminated from below, and uh, and and the and the tag attached to it is simply electric pigeon charging point. Um, so the the joke there or the um the image that's being thrown up is that there's some sort of this pigeon is getting the power from the ground obviously it's actually just walked on this thing maybe there for heat i don't know if any heat's mm. been given off it may not notice that it's there so it's not going fully to give sort of personhood to the pigeon it could be suggesting that it's some kind of robot but then there's questions of, of affording uh, personhood to ai to robots as well so um yeah, that, that's sort of an open question, not as boldly positive uh, as the other. Yeah, a little more still. nuanced, a little, uh, little more room for interpretation there. Absolutely. It leaves a lot of, a lot of room for the reader. Um, one final one. I think this is interesting. I mean, um, there's a, a bottom of a lamppost. Somebody's put up a, a sheet which says, tired of being a bird, and has a picture of a pigeon on it. And then it's got those little cut-out strips at the bottom, which you'd find on sort of you know uh, notice boards with numbers on them and there's a pigeon which has pulled off one of the one of the tags so in a way there's a pessimism to it there's a suggestion of you know uh, a kind of despondency or even depression tired of being a bird but the um the pigeon nevertheless is afforded humanness like we're, we're, we're we are drawn to think that pigeon has a mind and has feelings Mm. Uh, rather than simply functions. Do you think these these ideas became memes and spread in popularity because of uh, a guilt over our de-domestication of the pigeon? Mm. Or is it a statement on wildlife in general? Or is it just humans talking about humans, ultimately? Sleepyheads. It is time once again to tell you about another podcast here on the Maximum Fun Network, where we have the maximum amount of fun permissible. This program is called Reading Glasses. It is a show designed to help you read better, no matter what you read or how you read it. Dedicated to solving all your reader problems, like figuring out how to get a book back from someone who borrowed it and isn't returning it in a timely manner, or finding the best reading light, or 
helping you find more time to read. This is a program all about reading. Perhaps reading is something you also like to do before falling asleep. So tune in to Reading Glasses. It's hosted by Bria Grant and Mallory O'Meara every Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get, say it with me, your podcasts. Do you think these these ideas became memes and spread in popularity because of uh, a guilt over our de-domestication of the pigeon? Or is it a statement on wildlife in general? Or is it just humans talking about humans, ultimately? Well, I think, um, I mean, you... you, you put that all very well i think it i think really it's it's probably a bit of all three i mean it's hard to pin it down on guilt because the guilt would be epigenetic you know i don't think we're thinking about this um, but in some jungian way it may be part of our you know the undercurrent running through everything but and i would also suggest like it's it's um there may even be a generational divide i don't know who's making these memes i don't know if this is the youth uh, who are more open to to yeah. think about pigeons in these ways? Um, but you know, one day we'll find out. And I, uh, I, 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 it just gives me hope. I think we may be heading in the right direction. Do you have an all-time favorite pigeon meme? My all-time favorite um, pigeon meme. Um, yes, I do. I do. Yes, here it is. It's a. Um, so the photo is of um, three pigeons in, a, I think, a, a fast food shop, maybe a, a fried chicken shop. Mm. Um, and they're, uh, they're standing on a table uh, with two chairs either side of the table. And there's a little tray with a drink on it on the table. But two of the pigeons are uh, on one side of the table and one pigeon is at the other. And it's framed much actually like a, a gag cartoon, you know, it's got that set up to it, you know, two of the pigeons on the left from our point of view, the other pigeon yeah. on the right. And the uh, the tag says, saw a pigeon having a job interview earlier. I hope he got it. And that obviously, uh, it really makes you see the image differently. And it does indeed look like um, like a human, uh, a human interview uh, would. And I think that that's good. You know, it's a good step in the direction of sort of affording them personhood not just you know oh this pigeon's sad or this pigeon's thinking or this pigeon's being charged here but actually this pigeon has dreams this pigeon has hopes and not just this pigeon here we know because there's a job interview there's going to be several other maybe dozens of other pigeons um who also have hopes and dreams and and want want, want a better future for themselves and why does this one stand out to you more than others because there's three pigeons and ah. it's rare and like it, it, it the other ones it's always sort of one pigeon at a time maybe there is mm. one with a very low angle um camera shot of about five pigeons uh where somebody's commented oh uh th these pigeons look like they're about to drop the hottest rap album of the year um but i don't know to me there's some mockery of the pigeons in that which i don't feel in the in the in the job interview and ultimately, the job interview mean points that pigeons, just like so many of us, are victims of late capitalism. You know, they're, they're trapped in the system as well. Right, right. The pigeon is having a job interview, but we don't, we don't really know what kind of job 
No, yes. and we don't know whether this will, you know, is this simply to uh, keep its little pigeon babies going or does it does it really want this job? Will it get some self-esteem from this job? Is this job of benefit to pigeon society or mm. all the systems of societies in the world? We've talked a little bit about pigeons. Um, we've talked a lot about pigeons, but we've talked we a little... quite a lot about pigeons, yeah. We've talked a, a little about them being out and... Uh, perching and pooping on statues. And I know in London, where you are, there's no shortage of statuary. Yeah. Um, have you noticed certain types of statues that pigeons tend to, pardon the expression, flock to more than others? That's, that's interesting. I, I mean, I do think it's generally people mm. um, that, that we sort of established that. And actually, you, you've raised an interesting point. I, I mean, I was talking about that as a search for companionship from people, but Maybe there is a, a, um, a what's the word a protest involved as well, given what, as you say, they're doing all over those statues. Um, mm. One thing around town, you know, there's a lot of devices put on things to stop pigeons perching on them. You know, these spaces which would normally be there's netting over them, little spiky plastic things. In um, I think the the noughties, maybe the nineties, the um, no, no. The, the early noughties, I think, that the mayor of London, the then mayor of London, Ken Livingston, sort of announced a war on pigeons and banned the sale of uh, pigeon food in Trafalgar Square, uh, which means you don't see nearly as many pigeons there. It used to be full of it, and now they've sort of been made to, to know they're unwelcome. And I would say it's rare you see people in London feeding pigeons on purpose, but you obviously will see pigeons eating any leftover um, food people have dropped around. Um, I, I, to be honest, I need to. I'd need to focus more on watching what what the pigeons are actually perching on. Um, I feel, I think I feel a certain sense of to gawp at the pigeons all the time yes. is maybe disrespectful, and I need mm. to give them their space. So you know, I, I, uh, I'm right. taking a more academic interest than than field work, I suppose. Acknowledge their presence, but don't uh, don't gawk. Absolutely, let the pigeons invite me in. Yes. So, it's this has really changed my view on on pigeons in general. The idea of previous domestication and then just kicking them out on the street because mm. they're sometimes characterized among people I talk to as rats with wings, mm -hmm. but you don't tend to see rats all that much. Even in, even in big cities, the rats don't want to be spotted. They don't want to be uh, found. And it, is it just, I wonder, and you may not know, but is it just a matter of they thought that they were pets and are just waiting to be let back in? Well, I think you've made a very interesting point that, yeah, pigeons are certainly far more trusting of mm. humans than than rats are and also maybe than they should be um mm. they uh yeah they, they don't flee sometimes you can be cycling along or walking along and, and and the pigeon is right where you're going to cycle or walk but it doesn't move until the last moment like that i think is is something that trusts too much whereas if you see a rat it will be a rat running away uh, most of the time. The rat knows you're there before you know the rat is. 
I lived in a uh, in a triplex apartment, a, a building with three units in it for a time. Um, this was quite a while ago, and we had pigeons uh, along the window and under the under the roof, kind of in the nesting in the overhang of the roof, and um, generally congregating near the windows of our unit, and they were noisy with the cooing. They were they were cooing loudly and consistently and persistently. Mm-hmm. And my, my wife said, well, what we need is something uh, shiny and reflective because this deters pigeons. And so we need to get up there with some mylar, with some aluminum foil. And my mother-in-law happened to be visiting at the time. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I'll, I'll take care of that. You you both go to work today, and uh, I will take care of getting something shiny for the pigeons to be frightened away with. And what she came up with was she went to a thrift store and returned with a sequined negligee, which uh, she proposed that we place on the side of the house to deter pigeons. And John Luke, we did it, and it didn't work. But I'm really glad to have had the experience. Was the um, was the sequin negligee visible to the to the street? I you'd have had to come around the side of the house to I spot see, okay, it. Okay. But uh, but it was there, and I think I left it up. Even even knowing that it was ineffective, I left it up for a little while mm-hmm. because I loved it so much. Yeah, I can understand that. I, um, there seems something freeing about hanging a sequined negligee from the side of your house. There was. Ultimately, our solution was to move to a different house. And so maybe whoever's, whoever's moved in still has the negligee hanging <laughs> off the side. <laughs> oh, you mean the solution to the pigeons? The solution to the pigeons for, for us was to simply, to simply move somewhere else. When you, had, um, when you were selling up, did you um, did you do anything to disguise the pigeon issue? It was a rental, so we didn't really oh, have fine. to, and no. so we we just uh, could be on our way and let other people worry about the uh, the consistent, uh, mm. persistent cooing. Mm. I wonder why they coo. Um, yep, you, you've made me wonder why they coo as well. I, you you are making me think I should read more into the science. Of pigeons and uh, to complement uh, my my looking into the uh, culture. Yeah. You've also reminded me of a meme, which is you can't spell cool without the coo, and a, a very close up of a pigeon's head. Um, you know, so that's celebratory. That's definitely celebratory. Do you go looking for pigeon memes, or do they just find you somehow? Um, it's a mixture. I go looking for them. Uh, friends and colleagues and um, you know people online who know I'm interested in this side of pigeons will send them to me occasionally and I, I, I welcome that uh, I'm very interested in anyone uh, letting me know about any pigeons they come across in any human culture um, but I once you start thinking about pigeons in human art you see them everywhere 
do they appear in in classical art? The art of the great masters. Are there pigeons hanging out? Uh, the um, yeah. I I. Uh, it's not my field. Yeah. Um, there is a very dramatic painting of an eagle killing a pigeon, um, which I, I forget who it's by. But that's um, and that actually, you know, I, th I think it must be sixteenth century, or um. Or something like that, uh, and that I think actually is an early sign of, of positive, pigeon attitudes, um, because, uh, well, it's the protagonist of the mm. piece, and in fact, the, the the piece is talking about human condition because we're identifying uh, with the pigeon, I think, not with the not with the bird of prey. Mm. I'm I'm on Google now having. Googled on canvas pigeon painting, and mm. uh, there's quite a lot to choose from, and, and quite a lot for sale. Right, and they they all seem to have the the uh, kind of I don't want to say dead eyes, but uh, semi quizzical, semi expressionless eyes. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I do think there's there's more more thought I need to give to the eyes of the pigeon. Like, what is it that makes us? Um, I think if they were human eyes, you know, and, and we do look at things anthropomorphically, yes, they they would seem dopey, maybe surprised, maybe mm. slightly um, out of it, maybe slightly slightly dim, uh, and that obviously is, I think, part of the um, part of the game that the yeah. the memes are playing with. There's a film by um, Biggest Luna. Uh, called Anguish or um, Angustia in the original. Uh, and it opens with a sort of, there's a, a, a pigeon uh, kept domestically gets trapped behind a, um, uh, a cupboard. And it's the, the guy who turns out to be the murderer later is very carefully takes the pigeon out. So he's shown to have some care, but he's also shown to be trapping pe uh, pigeons just as he sort of later traps um, people. But the eye is an image you keep, it keeps coming back to um, the, there's a repeated image of, of the, the concentric circles of the pigeon eyes of a um, the hypnotic spiral and of snail shells which do the spiral and later on the, the game of the movie is to, to make the audience believe that they've been hypnotized um, so I think it's interesting there that, that, that the pigeon is both afforded humanity and then made scary to to humanity you know something to fear You've mentioned wanting to learn more about pigeons and and questioning what level you would want to interact with pigeons in the future. What do you think your future is with pigeons? Where do you see yourself in pigeons in five to ten years? Well, um, I fear I'm at a crossroads, and maybe not even two two forks, but I either go all in or I think I slowly pull away and i would say at the moment i don't feel like i'm pulling away I, I think i'm i think i'm going going to go deeper um, even having a conversation like this reveals to me how little i truly know like how, how small an area of the surface of this topic i've i've even begun to scratch you know or peck at maybe that's how i should talk about it i can right. peck further into the pigeon law I think you've pecked further than most, though. I think you you shouldn't sell yourself short by, by how much work you've already done. Well, thank you for that. But I I also think that maybe 
doesn't so much reflect well on me as as badly on humanity. Mm. Good point. Well, John Luke Roberts, thank you so much for sleeping with us. I very much enjoyed hearing about pigeons and thinking about pigeons and thinking about our collective pigeon future. Good night. Good night. Well, sleepyheads, I hope you enjoyed learning about pigeons as much as I did. You know, something I like to do at the end of my day is make a mental catalog of things that I experienced and or learned. So if you don't mind, I'm going to make a list of takeaways from my conversation with John Luke Roberts right now while it's fresh in my mind. One, pigeons were domesticated thousands of years ago, then undomesticated, leaving them confused and unemployed. Two, pigeons prefer to perch on people statues. Three, in Greenwich Park in London, there is a class divide between the healthy wood pigeons and the feral pigeons. Four, Becoming a pigeon person requires compassion. You must not patronize them. Five, pigeons are victims of late-stage capitalism. And six, Ken Livingston, former mayor of London, tried to wage war on the pigeons. He tried to ban bird feeding from Trafalgar Square. Not cool, Ken. Okay, I'm going to turn in myself. Thank you for sleeping with me and John Luke Roberts. You can follow Sleeping With Celebrities on Twitter at the handle sleepwithcelebs. On Instagram, the handle is at sleepwcelebs. Our email is sleepwithcelebs at maximumfun.org. Music provided by the Winterbowers. This program was produced and edited by Gabe Mara and senior produced by Laura Swisher. Swish. It is a production of Maximum Fun and Papuchik. I'm John Moe. Night night. Maximum Fun, a worker owned network of artist owned shows, supported directly by you.